Coming up, it was a big day for the NL East. We saw the Mets sign a big starter. We saw the Phillies make a move as well. So I'm going to give you my reaction to those deals. And then we got part two with Sully Baseball discussing if there were any other members that should have made it on the contemporary ballot to the MLB Hall of Fame and discussing Jacob deGrom to the Rangers all on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. <laughs> Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? Those charismatic hosts of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas 24 at myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for my personal account. We'll just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I'll not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms I need more help on is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel because we are trying to grow the subscriber count, and we're getting pretty close to 300 subscribers, so I want to hit that before Christmas. It'll be a wonderful uh, a wonderful Christmas gift to myself, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube. But Today, we're going to be talking a whole bunch of free agency, DeGrom, Justin Verlander, Trey Turner. But for the YouTube audience, this video will only cover the Justin Verlander and Trey Turner signings. I have a part two on YouTube with the DeGrom to Rangers talk. So if you're interested in the DeGrom Rangers talk, check out the Lockdown Dimebacks YouTube channel because that video will also be posted a couple hours after this video is posted. But for the audio audience, the audio listeners, you will hear me talk about everything on today's podcast because I first want to start off talking about the NL East because the NL East did not mess around today, Monday, December 5th. I don't know why the NLEs decided to wake up and choose violence, but that's exactly what they did because once again, the NLEs is trying to send three playoff teams from that division to the playoffs next season because if you forgot, the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies were all NLEs, NL East teams that made the playoffs this past year. And now the real question is, is the NL East the best division in the National League? And is it the best division in baseball? Because I first need to start with the Philadelphia Phillies because the Phillies directly affect the question, is the NL East the best division in baseball? Because they stole Trey Turner from the Los Angeles Dodgers. And maybe steal is too strong of a word because they paid Trey Turner a lot of money. 11 years, $300 million dollars. And a full no-trade clause. Now, the silver lining, if you're a Phillies fan and if you think that's too expensive, Spotrack, I think, had him projected around $33.5 million. So 
Technically, you got Trey Turner on a discount. I think Trey Turner didn't mind taking under his projected market value when you get 11 years. Most baseball players will take less annually if they get those extra years of security. If I was a baseball player, I would do all the Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander deals, the Trevor Bauer deals. Just give me $100 million for, you know two years, three years, and I'll just rather keep re-signing every three years. I don't know why baseball players haven't done that yet because every time a baseball player signs a long contract, they're immediately talked about in a negative light about how the second half of that deal is going to be an albatross and how they're going to be declining in the second half of that deal. Just sign three to five-year deals where you'll get more money annually and then you can re-sign once your deal is up. I guess baseball players are really worried about injury or something in a sport where the injury risk is very minimal and most of the injuries just deal with your fingers or like a cramp or something like that so don't understand why these mlb free agents get coached to go after long-term deals instead of short-term deals with more money but hey i'm not an mlb agent so i don't know why these players do that but for trey turner i like the move to the philadelphia phillies despite how long the deal is like we were just talking about, at least those first six years of the deal, I think is going to be really good for Trey Turner. And he's also the kind of player, even as his speed diminishes, he's been a pure contact hitter throughout his entire major league career. Underrated pop as well. Elite defense. Like this is someone that I think can decline gracefully as his speed starts to decline too. And just something that's really fun about this Trey Turner to Philadelphia news He's once again reunited with his brother, Bryce Harper. I think Bryce Harper was a big proponent of bringing in Trey Turner, a big recruiter, a big recruiter in bringing in Trey Turner to Philadelphia. So these two are reunited once again. And now when you look at that lineup for the Philadelphia Phillies, they arguably have the best postseason offense last season. But now you got Trey Turner. Mixed in with Bryce Harper, a Reese Hoskins, a Kyle Schwarber, a Nick Castellanos, an Alec Baum, and a Bryson Stott, who really wasn't there for the first half of last year. Came on strong in the second half, a rookie. Bryson Stott's probably going to be moving from shortstop to second base to accommodate for Trey Turner. Phillies still need to figure out the bullpen and get another starter, most likely, in that rotation. But the offense should be deadly once again. And we know defense has been a problem for the Phillies. Trey Turner is going to help them out in that area. So I do like the move. Is it a long-term deal? I don't like deals that go over a decade, but considering Trey Turner is turning 30 years old, you will get the rest of the prime of Trey Turner, and that should at least last another five to seven years. And then on the New York Mets, short-term deal, this is the opposite of the Trey Turner deal. An overpay, but on a very short-term deal for Justin Verlander. Two years or a vesting option, I think, for that third year, and I'm I'm pro overpaying for someone if it's a short-term deal. I don't mind giving Justin Verlander over $40 million annually matching the Max Scherzer deal because it's a short-term deal. And Verlander, I mean, he missed some time this past season. He missed all of 2021. So there's also some injury risk with Verlander. But because of the injuries he's dealt with the last two years, his arm probably is fresher than what it is for most 40-year-old pitchers. So I don't mind the Ver- Justin Verlander deal because the Mets clearly had a plan in place once Jacob deGrom signed with the Texas Rangers. The Mets pivoted quickly. All the rumors were Justin Verlander is a top target, top priority, and within a day or two of the deGrom signing, the Mets got Justin Verlander. And they had to because I talked about on the part two with Sully Baseball, their rotation was looking weak without this route, without this move because if you didn't sign a Justin Verlander, it was going to be Max Scherzer, Carlos Carrasco, David Peterson, and who else? But now, 
Scherzer, Verlander, Carrasco, Peterson, and still got like a Tyler McGill, I guess. Now their rotation is looking pretty strong. And speaking of reunions, I don't think there's a more fun one. Like Turner and Bryce Harper was cool, but I really love the Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander reunited the Detroit Tigers once again because these two were both basically finishing first and second Cy Young voting when they were both in the Tigers rotation. And now they're doing it on the Mets and they're both still pitching like they're at the peak of their powers despite being damn near 40 or over 40, both pitching like they're still in the prime of their career. So I'm glad to see these two reunited once again. But for the Mets, a second starter I don't think was their biggest need. They clearly needed someone to replace the Jacob deGrom, but they didn't lose in the first round last year because... Jacob DeGrom sucked. They lost last year in the playoffs because Max Scherzer was not good in that first playoff game. So if the Mets want to advance farther this year, they need Max Scherzer to step up in a big way. And Justin Verlander also himself has had some shaky postseason moments. Now, most of them have come in the World Series, but he's a guy with a little spotty history in the playoffs as well. So those two need as like, I, they both are like two of the top three highest paid starting pitchers, I think now, at least two of the top five. So we got those two guys commanding what, more than half of your payroll, you need to advance far in the postseason. Even if you don't advance far, even if it's another first-round knockout, it can't be because your two starters didn't perform. It has to be because your offense didn't do enough, and you're still paying guys like Francisco Lindor a whole ton of money in your offense. So this Mets team needs to pay off because the Stephen Cohens of the world are paying a whole lot of money. I'm sure he doesn't want to see his team going out in the wild card round every single season. I do think the Mets will be good again next season. They just still have a, a bunch of holes in their rotation, bullpen, and lineup. Maybe not so much their lineup, but the Trevor Mays, bullpen, Chris Bassett, starter, Taiwan Walker, starter, Brandon Nemo, center fielder, Naquin, uh, you know, utility outfielder, Adam Ati Adam Adavino. Dominic Smith, Trevor Williams, all those guys are free agents for the Mets. So they got a big part of their roster just sitting in free agency. So they still are going to need to make a couple more moves before this whole thing is rounded out and fleshed out. But I like what the two NLA's teams did. But now the biggest team I'm watching for this free agency, I think has to be the LA Dodgers because we saw the Yankees make their big move today by re-signing Brian Cashman. So uh, <laughs> we know they're still going to be in the Aaron Judge sweepstakes. But I think the biggest shark in the water shark in the water let me get my arizona accent on because water is how people in jersey say it that's where i'm from of course but i've been in arizona now for more than a half decade so let me correct myself because i think the dodgers are going to be the sharks in the water because now i want to know if they're going to be in on a carlos rodon because it seemed like the dodgers were really in on justin verlander but of course he signed with the mets now so are they going to turn their attention to rodon who's now the best starter left on the market are they going to try and replace a trey turner with the Carlos Correa, you know, a guy who cheated against the Dodgers. That would be a fun narrative bringing him in. Maybe they want to go after Xander Bogarts, another team that allegedly cheated against you. You could bring him in. Or do you go after Dansby Swanson, a wild card team that knocked you out and won the World Series? All three of those would be good replacements for a Trey Turner. Or do they want to make the splash of the summer and sign Aaron Judge? The Dodgers are the team to watch for the rest of the offseason. I'm very curious to see what big move they have hiding up their sleeves. Now let's get into that conversation with Sully Baseball of Locked On MLB. But Sully, was there anyone else on the contemporary ballot, of course, who didn't make it that you think should be in the MLB Hall of Fame? Well, I mean, I heard Thunder Roll when Barry Bonds didn't get in. 
because mm-hmm. he was my dad's favorite player. And my dad was up above uh, Rolling Thunder. Um, I like players that had very big, strong peaks. Dale Murphy had a really great peak. Um, and also, he was a guest on this show. I mean, so ah. I'm biased there. And I'd love to say I had a Hall of Famer on the show. Could not have been nicer. Could not have been more gracious. He and Mattingly had very similar careers. Their peaks were right around the same time. They were the best players on that team and in the in the league around the same period of time. And for people my age, I mean, talk to Stacey Gotsoulias, she keeps saying that uh, if she had a son, she would have named him Mattingly. Actually, I think that, that's a name could work for a son or a daughter. But, mm. uh, you know, you that for people our age, Mattingly was their guy. Murphy was their guy. Um if if they didn't if they didn't have such a drop off so fast, like if they put in those great peaks and then just sort of coasted for a couple more, you know, very good years, I think he would have had a much stronger case. I would have loved to see him get in. I understand why he didn't get in, but uh, McGriff did, and tough to argue with it. Tough yeah, to argue with Fred McGriff. For because I'm not too familiar with these careers in terms of like watching them play. All these guys were before my time, but from a Dale Murphy, I was surprised to not see him get in just because when you look at the profile, a two time MVP, like how many back to back MVPs do you not see in the Hall of Fame? Seven time All Star, five time Gold Glover, four time Silver Slugger, and in the decade of the 1980s, he had the second most home runs during that time period behind only Mike Schmidt. For Don Mattingly, I see a little bit more of the case as to why he didn't get in. He won an MVP. He was really good for like five or six seasons. But by the time he was 29, his career was like, it was basically washed up by the time he was 30s. At least Dale Murphy was like a catcher his first few years, turned into like transitioned to a gold glove center fielder and then was pretty good and productive late into his 30s. I thought a guy like Dale Murphy might have made the Hall of Fame and not a guy like Don Mattingly. But I am shocked that no one else made it outside of a – Outside of a Fred McGriff, but how about Albert Bell? Uh, how do you feel about him? Do you have any thoughts? Uh, on I think his peak wasn't long enough. I okay. think he was a very good player, and his peak was not long enough. Okay, I was yeah. just looking at his stats because his 162 game average is 40 home runs, a 295 oh, yeah, average, yeah. 930 OPS. They're, they're <laughs> monstrous. Yeah, he was he was he was outstanding. I just don't think he he did it for long enough. And it felt like he could have won an MVP too if he didn't have so much beef with the media like during the Oh yeah, they gave it to Mo Vaughn. And I I'm the biggest Mo Vaughn fan you'll ever meet in your life. There's no way Mo Vaughn wasn't even the most valuable Red Sox that year. You know, Tim Wakefield was the most valuable Red Sox that year. But hey, I digress. Hey, do what I think though. I think it's time to think about keeping our house safe. Miller, do you have any thoughts about keeping your house safe in this holiday season? Yeah, there's only one security system I recommend, Sully. Do you know what it is? I I couldn't even guess. Uh, Simply Safe. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Did you want me to do the the? Sure. Repeat? Why don't you do that? Because I <laughs> my, my I, I can't find that tab. So why don't you okay. talk about Simply Safe? No worries. I'll talk about Simply Safe. Let me just pull it up real quick because I know Simply Safe is the only whole home security system that I recommend for the people because listen guys you guys need to get simply safe because we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest especially over the holidays this season give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system simply safe and right now simply safe is offering locked on dimebacks and locked on mlb listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off because here's why I love Simply Safe. 
In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology, exclusive from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than $1 a day, less than half the price of a traditional home security system. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust settings anytime, anywhere. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Let's talk about the other big piece of news that came out in the last few days. Um, that collective, you heard a uh, scream from above, which is my dad, but now can the scream from Flushing. Jacob DeGrom, beloved ace of the New York Metropolitans, signed how many years? Five years? I think like the Texas six. Rangers. Was it, was it six? I got double it was a double It was a lot. It was many, many years. A lot of, uh, a lot of that, money that he was he signed, and um, You're right. Met fan like I got a, a text from my cousin Dave, who's a rabid Met fan. Um, Daniel Sepul Daniel Sepulveres, whose name I always mispronounce. I'm sorry, Daniel. Oh, um, but uh, probably the biggest Met fan I know. You would have thought there was a death in her family if you read her Twitter feed. Um, look at I don't mean to be cold hearted here, but. Yes, emotionally, it's going to stink to see Jacob deGrom in another uniform if you're a Mets fan. But let's let's remember one thing here. Let's just be real. deGrom's a great pitcher, okay? deGrom's won back-to-back -back Cy Young Awards. When deGrom is on the mound, he's one of the three or four best pitchers in all of baseball. I think we can all say that. Mm -hmm. He made 11 starts last year. 11. He made 15 starts the year before. An ace you'd like to have between 25 to 30 starts a year. He's given them 26 starts over the last two years. Okay? It, the gigantic chunks where DeGrom was, oh, when Jacob comes back, when Jacob comes back, he'll be, he'll be rested. Um, he's going to be – he is right now, according to BaseballReference.com, he is – He's going to turn 35 in June. Whew. 35. Because we have these images of these pitchers coming up as young superstars, we forget the fact he's pitched for nine years. Nine. Which is also German for no. Mm. And again, I, I, I totally understand why the Mets would have signed him. But I also, you and I both know that there is a real possibility that he's going to break down in Texas. Could he come back and be a Justin Verlander reclamation project? Yes. They brought in Bruce Bochy to manage, who has a great reputation of working with pitchers. Absolutely. 
But this is an injury-prone pitcher who the Mets have done everything except put him in a bubble to prevent him from getting injured. And he still gets injured all the time. And so the idea that the Mets are going to lose out on him, well, they lost out on him for all but 11 games last year. Yeah. Again, I'm not belittling him. When he's on the mound, he's great. But he's almost never on the mound. Yeah, that's an issue. They say the best ability is availability. And for the Mets, like, I get it. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of years. And Jacob deGrom is a huge health risk. And it just sucks for that fan base because Jacob deGrom is, like, such a historic figure, such a big figure in Mets lore, literally, like, one of the most historic pitchers we've seen in baseball over the last 20 years. And, like, the idea of someone like that walking when the Mets just got this new owner who's willing to spend money on pretty much every MLB superstar, but he let someone a DeGrom's caliber, albeit we know the risk, but he still let him walk. It is shocking for Mets fans. And now you look at that Mets rotation, something that was a strength. You looked at the depth of that rotation last year. It was their strength, but now DeGrom's gone. Chris Bassett's a free agent. Taiwan Walker's a free agent. All of a sudden, it's like Max Scherzer. It's like David Peterson, Carlos Carrasco. Still a pretty good rotation, but now it's like, who are they going to go after next? The Mets feel like these sharks in the water just circling around these big-time free agents that are still available. The Justin Verlanders, that seems to be maybe the Mets' next big target free agency. Someone like Carlos Rodon, a little bit younger, strikeout artist too. But I think the most fun narrative would be for the Mets to go after Justin Verlander just because we get the reunion of Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander together once again. If you asked me a week ago, I would have said that Verlander was a lock to go back to Houston. Now I think both Los Angeles and the two New York teams, and 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 for, you know the Angels should be you know playing footsie with them too, but I think both New York teams and the Dodgers should be salivating to bring him in, and I think he will probably leave the Astros. You know, wouldn't surprise me. I think maybe the signing of Abreu was. Well, we got to start doing something to move on. The Astros have a ton of pitchers. And remember, Verlander didn't pitch in 2021 when they went to the World Series. This was a comeback season for him. And he is he's older than DeGrom, of course. But I think Verlander has at least one more very good season. And I think Scherzer does as well. Um, as for Texas, uh, for all my talk about, um, uh, you know, with this, you know, Signing to a long-term deal may not be the right thing. I am reminded of a Red Sox Hall of Famer from 2004 who did, in fact, sign with the Mets, who was Pedro Martinez, oh. my single favorite player in the history of baseball. When he signed with the Mets after the 2004 World Series, he gave them one very good season, and then he kind of felt – the injuries caught up. We all knew he was going to break down. But that acquisition of Martinez kind of changed the culture a little bit and met them and they made it. They got to within one swing of the world series the next year. I wonder if bringing in a DeGrom, even if it's just for the first year or so to sort of change around the mindset to say, Hey folks, we're going to try this. We're going to make a run at the Astros. The management's behind us. They brought in Bochi. They brought in DeGrom. Maybe that psychological factor of the Rangers are here to play is as important as anything that you find as a number on baseballreference.com. And if you want to bet on like a Jacob deGrom winning a Cy Young with the Texas Rangers, you need to head to betonline.net because 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, for for the Rangers, here's the thing. I love the philosophy. I love the strategy. I love the idea of going out there in free agency and spending the money on stars. They did it last year with the Corey Seegers, the Marcus Siemens. They signed a John Gray too. I'm not that big. I'm not that big of a John Gray guy. But then they went out there and got Jacob Degrom this year. I love the philosophy of throwing money at big time free agents and talent because you need talented players on your roster to make real postseason runs. But I don't think the Rangers were in the place where they should have gone after these big-time free agents because they were basically starting at square one when you look at their team last offseason. That is one of the worst rosters in baseball entering last year's offseason, and all they did was basically throw like the, the old adage – put some makeup on a pig because this roster still isn't very good. They're still going to have so many holes around all this big time money that they now tied up up the middle and into a Jacob deGrom. I just don't think it's going to really push them too far into the postseason. Like I would have understand making these moves. If you're the Rangers, if you were still, if you weren't that far away from competing, if you had a roster, like say the D backs, we have a whole bunch of young talent in your lineup. You got a Zach gallon. You're like a, you got a Merrill Kelly as well. Now you're like, okay, we're adding the Corey Seegers and the Marcus Simeon and the Jacob DeGrom to that roster. Now, if you add, you know, if you take the D-backs team from last year and add those three stars to it, now you're looking at a real World Series roster. Even a team like the Miami Marlins with that pitching staff, they got jazz, but they really need offensive players. If you threw a Corey Seager and a Marcus Simeon on that team, that Jacob DeGrom, you're looking at that team as a World Series roster. But for this Texas Rangers team, where they were starting from last year, they were nowhere near competing. They were years away. They just needed to add pieces. They needed some quality young talent. They've been trying to rebuild through the draft it wasn't it wasn't working out for them so they were like let's go out there and spend some money in free agency but the problem was they were so far and deep into their rebuilding process signing these star free agents i just don't think is going to move the meat move the needle that much for them they're going to be a borderline 500 team but i just don't see how they're really going to be able to push themselves into playoff contention i think i think it's just going to be a few more years where the Rangers just kind of muddling around 500. They got a lot of money locked up into these stars, and they're going to be banking a lot on these stars because, like we we're talking about Jacob DeGrom as a health risk, like if he doesn't pay off and if he's not there on the field every day making 30 starts a season, like this could be a disaster for the Rangers because I love the idea of spending money, but I don't like how they started their team with their team building from last offseason and just basically how they built it. I love the idea of throwing money at stars, but I don't think they were the right team to start doing it. Well, you're the right guy to be doing a podcast with every Monday. So, hey, Miller Thomas, thanks so much for being here, as you always are every Monday, talking yeah. Hall of Fame and talking to Grom. Uh, tell people where they can follow your great show. You can follow me on Twitter at CreoThomas24 for my personal account. Look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. We're on all your streaming platforms, and we're on YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Lockdown Dimebacks YouTube channel. And thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen. For your next listen, obviously make it Locked On Diamondbacks. 
But then check out Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, I am your co-host, normally the host of Locked On MLB. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. You can follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast and Instagram. Talking about how they pick these Hall of Famers. This has been the Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. He's Miller Thomas. I'm Sully. I'm going to have some dinner. Time to fist pump. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Thanks to Sully Baseball for hopping on today's podcast. I want to do a crossover pretty soon with one of these NLEs teams or one of these teams that made a big offseason move so far. So I'm going to try to do that this week. If not, we'll definitely discuss the D-backs bullpen options so far. How's the bullpen looking with some additions they made this offseason? What work do they still have to do? Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.